Last week, we talked about what's the problem. What's the problem? What's the problem? And, 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 and what that meant was, what is the problem that God created you to solve? Who is the person that God has created you to be? How was you anointed? How did God distinguish you from everyone else on the planet? What are you? Who are you? And what does your life mean? Because in this life, one day you're going to go to a graveyard. And if your family do you right, you're going to have a tombstone. And if you got a tombstone, if, if they just ratchet and don't get you one, then you need to come hunt them. I'm playing. I'm just joking. You can't do that. Um, but on that tombstone, you're going to have the day you were born and the day you died. And between those two dates, there's going to be a hyphen. And that hyphen represents your life. What does that hyphen say? Does it say that you served? Does it say that you impacted people? Does it say you left a legacy to your kids? Does it say you served your city? You served the world? What does that hyphen mean? And you live your life to build that hyphen and to strengthen that hyphen and to make that hyphen mean something. What does yours mean? I'm telling you, you can't play with life. You can't play with destiny. You can't play with purpose. Who did God call you to be? What did God call you to do? Where did God call you to go? Who did God call you to touch? Who did God call you to serve? You have to discover and unveil that because you was born for a purpose. The Bible says under under the heavens and earth, there's a season and a purpose for everything. What is yours? Because the greatest tragedy in life isn't death. It's what dies in us as we live. Let me say it again. The greatest tragedy in the world isn't death, but it's what dies in us as we live. And my question is, what is dying in you? What did God send in you to be a blessing to this planet that we would never see? What are you robbing the earth of by not being who God has called you to be? And let me tell you something. When we look at discovering our purpose, God is so, so unique. Because in Genesis, the Bible says the seed of everything is inside of itself. In other words, you're going into the world. You're going to people. You're going to jobs. You're going online. You're Googling stuff to find out who you are. And the truth of who you are is it's not out there. It's in here. See, what the seed has to understand is, the seed has to understand that if he dug really deep inside of himself, he'll find a tree. If he dug even deeper, he'll find multiple trees. If he dug even deeper, he will find a forest. If he dug even deeper, he would find fruit. All inside of himself, a single seed can contain a forest. What is the forest that God is putting you? What is the mountain that God has called you to move? What is the place that God has told you to touch or heal? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than your amen this morning. I don't care if I got to have church by myself this morning. Who did God call you to be? And there's no devil or no witch in hell that's going to stop you from getting to the purpose and the assignment that God has anointed you for. You have been anointed by God. And let me tell you something. You could spend your whole life inadequate until you find your anointing. Because the anointing takes possible and make it impossible. It takes normal and makes it abnormal. It takes natural and makes it supernatural. It takes ordinary and makes it extraordinary. The anointing takes simple and makes it complex. The anointing. The anointing means God anoints you and he, and he endows you to prosper. He anoints you. I'm telling you, if a fish is inside of a tree, he will live his whole life a fool. With, with, with the capacity to swim better than anything else on this earth, he will live like a fool, not because he wasn't gifted, not because he wasn't graced, not because he wasn't anointing, but he never discovered that he was made for the pun, not the tree. 
And some of you guys are at tree jobs. Some of you guys have tree relationships. Some of you guys have tree friends and tree circumstances. And God is saying, if you ever got in the pun, you would drop that drug addiction. If you ever got in the pun, you would drop that porn addiction. If you ever got in the pun, you would drop that fear. If you ever got in the pun, the lion inside of you will come outside of you and you will finally find your roar. What is your roar? I'm telling you, when a lion roars, you can hear two miles down the street. When a lion opens up his mouth, everything around him shakes because he knows who he is. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And I refuse to be ordinary when I was born to be extraordinary. I'm telling you, and you can't tell me what I can't do, and you can't tell me who I can't be because my God can crack open the sky. My God owned cattle on a thousand hills. My God said I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. My God said he's anointed me for such a time as this. I feel like preaching this morning. So, so, you have to discover You have to discover. You have to discover. Now, why don't you just come here knowing your purpose, knowing your assignment, knowing the business you're supposed to start, knowing the the radical thing that you're supposed to do. Why don't you come to earth knowing that? The reason why you don't come to earth knowing that is because God is not about to give you a plan that moves you from him. He's not going to give you a purpose that moves you from him. And God would not fund an idea he didn't come up with. See, when you're in the will of God, you don't have to worry about money because whenever God gives a vision, he gives provision. Whenever God gives a calling, he trailblazes a path. So some of you guys don't have the funding to do the thing you feel like you're called to do because it may not be from God. Because if it's his will, it's his bill, and he will always provide for what he calls for. He provides. This church, we had no capacity to have a building. None. Our, 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 our weekly, when we got ready to start this church, we brought in $200 a week. If that, you know what I'm saying? That's like if you counted it twice. But guess what? God said, this is my will. It's my bill. He began to provide. This ain't the best building in town. We believe God will build us another one. But God, we're going to be faithful because the Bible says the Lord loves to see the work begin. And I'm going to be faithful in the small. I'm going to be faithful in the beginning. I'm going to be faithful with few so God can reward us with much. I'm telling you, you got to be faithful. And some of you guys aren't fruitful because you're not faithful. You want God to make you fruitful. You ain't faithful. You want God to bless you. But God's not going to bless you with more when you abuse less. I'm telling you, God, we're going to serve these people you've given us. We're going to serve this vision. We're going to serve this city. And if we serve our city, we believe God will change our city. You have to be faithful. Some of you guys are called to do things by God, and I already asked them to do it. And they said, no, so I quit. You ain't called because I'm telling you, the Bible says, don't it tarry, wait on it. Don't it tarry, wait on it. Sometimes the vision, tarry. Sometimes the vision, wait. But don't it tarry. Don't it waste. Though God delays, I'm going to stay grounded and stay faithful. And the reason why I'm going to stay faithful is faithfulness is my contribution. Fruitfulness is his. You can't make yourself fruitful, but you can make yourself faithful. And some of you guys aren't fruitful because you're not faithful. I'm telling you, the first step of purpose discovery is faithfulness. Faithful. Faithful. Are you faithful serving? Are are you faithful doing what God has called you to do? Some of you guys are like, I'm called to ministry. And then someone's like, okay, greet the parking lot. Well, I didn't sign up for that. 
I'm telling you, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And some of you guys want to be great, but you're not willing to serve. You have to be willing to serve. You have to be willing to start small. You want a title, but you don't want to tell. You, you want a position, but you don't want a posture. You don't want the right heart. You don't want to do the right things. You want to be in ministry, how about you start sweeping the floor? You want to be in ministry, how about you start mopping the floor? You want to be in ministry, how about you start greeting the parking lot? But the truth is, your heart's not right. And no matter how you fool man, you can't fool God. Because man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart, and God says, I'm not anointing no one that don't have my heart. God only anoints people with his heart. That's why God skipped over all of David's brothers to find his heart. It wasn't that he wanted to anoint David. He wanted to anoint his heart because he said he's a man after my heart. And a man after my heart can have my oil. Y'all want his oil, but you don't want his heart. You want his oil, but you don't want his heart. But I'm saying, God, I don't care about your oil. I don't care about your blessings. I want your heart, not your hand. But you come to God for his hand. You go to prayer asking God for things. You should go to prayer asking God for king. God, I want you to love me. God, make me like you. God, search me inside out until I look like you, walk like you, and talk like you, interact and react like you. Oh, but you don't want that. No, no, you don't want that. And that's what call means. That's what it means. So, so, purpose, discover it. I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to illustrate a biblical story. Preached this a couple years ago, and the Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance because he showed me a God that had no idea who he was called to be, but just being faithful, God began to unveil it. See, you're not just going to go to church and pray, God, who am I? And he's going to say, oh, you're, you're awesome, and he's going to tell you who you are. No, no, no. The reason why God takes you through the journey is for two reasons. Two reasons why you go through the journey. The first reason why you go through the journey is at the end of your destiny, the place that God called you to be at the end of it, as you begin to walk towards it, there's booby traps surrounding your destiny. Why would God put booby traps on your path? The reason why God puts booby traps on your path is because the cup of oil he's anointing you with, he don't want imposters to be able to grab it. So God said, I'm not going to put the anointing in a title because there's a long line for the title. I'm going to put the anointing behind the towel. And the reason I'm going to put the anointing behind the towel is because my heart will find the towel, not the title. You see what I'm saying? So God is saying, I'm putting booby traps there. And the thing that's so funny about purpose, listen to everybody that's walked in destiny. They always got promoted from an avenue they had no idea. They was preaching to a mundane crowd. I know preachers, uh, uh, preachers that, that, that preached to millions of people. And they was discovered preaching to 10 people. But there was one person in the crowd that could change everything. There was one person in the crowd that could make a difference. There was one person in the crowd that could write the right check, that had the right number, that had the right connection. But God said, I'm going to put your destiny in this obscure place because the people that's not called to it are going to come here and play with this small room because they don't see the outcome. But when you do it for God and you do it for the right reasons and your heart is in it you're going to run into the calling and then you're going to discover it because you will always serve God see God is saying I'm actually going to be in the place where no one else is in other words the anointing was in the field 
David Brothers, David Brothers was in the house. They was in the house competing. They was in the house fighting. And God said, y'all fighting for a position in the house? Then I'll put the oil in the field. The oil's out here in the field. And some of you guys are fighting in the wrong place. The anointing ain't at the meeting. It's not on the platform. It's in the field. And that's the booby trap. God says, I hide the treasure in places that people with the wrong heart are never go to. So when you go there, the destiny awaits you. It awaits you. So check this out, church. That's one reason why. That, that's one, one thing of destiny. He puts booby traps on your path. And here's another thing. On your path, he allows you to go through crushing. The reason why he allows you to go through crushing is because you don't know who you are. You have no idea. You have no idea what you carry. You have no idea the anointing on your life because you look at your parents, you look at your friends, you look at your families, and you feel like you're ordinary. And God said, you are actually extraordinary. You feel like you're a follower. He says, you're actually a leader. You feel like you're, oh, you feel like you're ordinary. And God says, you're a world changer. You're a city shaker. You have no idea. Amen. I'm telling you, just, just think of the things you've done in the past. You've done those things because you had no idea who you were. You had no idea. Dear. And that's why God has to send you through the journey. Because let me say this. You don't know that you're you. No, 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 no. You don't know you're you. You don't know there's a million dollar business inside of you. You don't know that you're going to touch millions of people. You don't know that you're going to impact kids at school. You don't know that you're going to sing to millions of people. You have no idea who you are. And God says, I'm sending you through the journey because the biggest hater you will ever experience is yourself. It's the enemy enemy. It's the enemy enemy. And the enemy inside of you is stopping you from being who you truly are. Your history is snatching you from your destiny. You have no idea. That's why at the circus, when the elephant is a baby, they tie him up with a little string. And they tie him up and he bucks and he fights and he bucks and he fights and he bucks and he fights and he never breaks free from the string. Then he starts winning a couple times. Biggest, most powerful beast on land. He's huge. He's big. He's massive. And yet he sits at a circus on a shoestring. And the crowd is in awe of how a shoestring could hold such a powerful beast. And the thing is, everybody in the room knows what he carries except for him. And the reason why he don't know what he carries is because his memory outweighs his vision. What happens to him is bigger than what happens or than what's happening in him. In him, there's strength, there's power, there's might. But what happened to him triumphs what's happening in him. And his past is bigger than his future. And the thing you have to realize is a windshield is always bigger than a rearview mirror because what's in front of you is so much more important than what's behind you. I'm telling you, there may be abuse behind you, fear behind you, worry behind you, rejection behind you, pain behind you, guilt behind you. But God says in front of you, there's faith in front of you, destiny in front of you, calling in front of you, the blessing in front of you, the anointing in front of you. God is saying, I don't care what's in your past. It's not going to last because I'm in your future. And God says, you don't have to worry about what's behind because I'm alpha and omega. If you don't like the beginning, God says, I will come and change the end. 
I will turn it around because I'm not just the author of your story. I'm the finisher of your story. And at the end, you're called. At the end, you're win. At the end, you win. At the end, you're anointed. At the end, God is saying, everything that happened to you didn't really happen to you. It happened for you. See, that rejection didn't happen to you. Rejection happened for you. Obscurity didn't happen to you. Obscurity happened for you. You have no idea who you are. When I was out getting drunk, I didn't know I was me. I had no idea I had anointing of God on my life. I had no idea that God would show me the scriptures and I would begin to see scriptures at supernatural abilities. I had no idea that I can think so fast and learn so fast. I didn't know I was me. Had I known, I wouldn't have went to that club. How have I known I wouldn't have drunk that drink? How have I known I wouldn't, date, I wouldn't have dated those people? I didn't know I was me. But devil, it's too late now because I know who I am. I know who I'm called to be, and I know what I'm called to do. And if you say, God, I'm going to trust you. Though he slay me, yet I trust him. Oh, come on, somebody, give our king a shout of praise. Oh, come on, give him a crazy praise. I didn't know. I was me. I had no idea. The elephant sits there bound when freedom lives in his bones. How many of you guys are bound to something that you have the power to crush? In one step, he can snap that rope, but he never tries. What are you not trying because of what your parents failed at? What are you not trying because you're afraid? What are you not trying because you haven't been exposed? No one in your family has started a business. No one in your family has had money. No one in your family has had success. No one in your family has done ministry. And you're afraid to try because you have no reference point. But I want you to know something, yo, you do. And it's your daddy God. And he is all you need. I don't care if they have a degree. I don't care if they have a PhD. You have a G-O-D. And that's all you need. And if God be for you, who could be against you? If he's for you, who can be against you? Go after that dream. Go after that business. Go after that calling. Go after that ministry. I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, check this out. You're not looking externally. It's time to start looking internally because the Bible says the seed of everything is inside of itself. Let me show you something. And I'm getting to my message next week a little bit, but let me show you something. Whenever God wants to call something forth, whenever he wants to call something forth, he commands the natural element to go to a deeper dimension. Let me prove it to you. When God went to the water, he said, let the waters bring forth fish. In other words, God was saying, the fish is in the water, you can't see it. But the water, if it, would, if it would dig deep inside of itself, there's fish inside the water. God went to the dirt and he said, let the ground bring forth animals. Because if the ground would dig deep enough, there's animals inside of it. Then God went to himself. And he said, let us bring forth man. Because when God dug deep inside of itself, he pulled you out. And whenever something is birthing something, it's not coming externally, it's coming internally. When you want your children, the children that God has birthed, that's, that he's blessing you with, you dig inside of yourself and you birth those kids. So you have to go inside of yourself to find yourself. God has put you inside of you. 
and it may be trapped in deep. That's why Romans 12 verse 2 said, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because your mind is your onion, and as you begin to peel back your mind into what God said about you, who God has called you to be, what God has called you to do, as you begin to pull that back, it begins to birth something you never knew was there. Let me prove it to you. The word we have for transform is actually metanoia, and it means metamorphosis. See, the caterpillar can't find the butterfly. And the reason he would never find the butterfly is because the butterfly ain't out there, it's in here. So what the caterpillar has to do is he has to go inside of a cocoon. Because in that cocoon, it forces him to renew his mind and to dig deep inside of himself until he can pull out the version of himself that's called the destiny. You have to do the same thing, except for your cocoon is the presence of God. It's the place of God. It's the will of God. When you're immersed in the will of God, you begin to dig deep inside of yourself. You begin to renew your mind and renew your heart in a way that it calls forth what God put in. It calls forth what God put in. God put something in there. Trust him. If you have a post, you have a purpose. If you have a post, you have a purpose. He put something in there. But you have to be transformed. See, you don't arrive to destiny. You don't arrive to your destination. No, no. You don't arrive at a destination. You go through a transformation. See, you guys are like, I want to get to my destiny. I want to get to my destiny. You're trying to get to a place. Destiny isn't a place. It's a state. It's a posture. So what you got to realize is you are behind you. The person you're called to be is sitting behind the person you have become. And you have to tell the person you are now to get up out that seat. I'm going to need you to get up because the real me is about to be seated. The real me is about to come forth. The real me is about to take over. You evolve into your calling. So, why does that matter? Why does that matter? Because the Bible says that your steps are ordered by the Lord. And the Lord loves the journey. Your steps are ordered. And the reason why you can't find your success is because you don't follow the steps. You don't. See, you got to understand something about God. He is going to send you on a path that causes you to self-discover. He's going to send you on a path that causes you to transform. So the first step, God may say, God may say, hey, go to that job. Step. And you're like, God, why am I here? Why? I don't want to be here. I don't like no one here. I don't like the way it smells. I don't like what it, I don't like, I don't like nothing here. Why am I here? And God is saying, because a part of the ingredients to your destiny is suffering. You don't have the capacity to suffer. So I'm literally sending you to this job, and the only point of it is to torture you. And I know that sounds mean, but God is saying there's coming something in your destiny that's going to require you to stand. And you don't learn how to stand without resisting. You can't stand without resisting. So God said, I put you in a small place so you can learn how to stand, so you can learn how to resist, so you can learn how to persevere, so you can learn how to prevail. Because when you get down there, you're going to have to draw from down here. 
And then the next step is you may go to a place where you're obscure. You're like, I've been serving, I've been giving, I've been tithing, and nobody sees me. And God is saying, the reason they don't see you is because I hid you. I hid you. They had no idea who you were. They had no idea what you carried. They had no idea that the thing they prayed for showed up in you. I hid you. And the reason why I hid you is, first of all, to humble you. Because just because you have the capacity don't mean you get the mantle. You can be overqualified, but God says, I don't care about that. You can be overqualified, and I'll sit you down. I'll sit you down under people that's way less gifted than you, way less anointed than you, way less called than you. Because I'm not worried about what I'm doing in them right now. I'm worried about what I'm doing in you right now. And you got to get humility. You don't have the heart to lead. And what I'm doing is I'm sitting you under bad leadership to get the tyrant out of you. So when you do get a position and a title, you will be a servant, not a king. So I'm going to sit you right here under these folks that don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to sit you right here where you got better ideas. I'm going to sit you right here where you feel like everything is dumb because I'm testing your heart. And no servant is greater than his best. Imagine Jesus seated before the Sanhedrin council telling him he ain't God. Imagine Jesus getting grabbed by criminals saying, we're about to kill you. Finally, Jesus had to buck back. He was like, no, man, take my life. I'll lay it down. Let me, okay, you know what I'm saying? Jesus had to throw that out there. Jesus like, you talking about killing me? You can't kill me. I made you. Jesus stepped out for a second. He said, I lay my, you can't take my life. Are you serious? Then he went back and stepped. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to step out a little bit. They didn't lost their mind, praise God. I think you are. Jesus said, no man take my life. I lay it down. In other words, if I didn't lay down on that cross, I'd still be standing up. Don't play with me. But guess what? Our God had to come and he had to be subject to creation. He had to go eat from people that he created. He had to learn from people he created. He had to be baptized by John. And John is like, dude, you're God. Imagine God saying, baptize me. Like, hold up. But Jesus said, so our righteousness may be fulfilled. See, he got an order. He understood order. He said, I have to be baptized and I have to submit myself because I can't ask you to submit if I won't. He was a model. He, he was modeling our life for us. So our steps were ordered by the Lord. So now you're sitting on the people that you're way better than, you're way smarter than, but yet they have the power, they have the position, they have the company, they have the money, and you have to sit there until your time. Until your time. You're sitting in obscurity until your time. You're, you're sitting up broke, and you know you got the capacity to have millions of dollars, but you're sitting there broke because it's not your time. And you're embarrassed because it's not your time. I'm telling you, it's, it's just crazy. I, I get online sometimes and I'm going to share a, a thought that I probably shouldn't have. But I get online, I listen to some pastors preach and I'm like, y'all listen to this guy? He didn't even, he ain't even talking about the Bible. <laughs> Nothing he said makes sense. Two million followers, what? And I got 2,000, I'm like, huh? Process, process. 
Don't know why God chose to bless that man. Can't criticize that man. It's not my time. The Bible says under every, uh, under the heavens and earth, there's a time and there's a season for everything. It ain't your time. Quit trying to push up the date with destiny. Quit trying to push up the deadline. Quit trying to accelerate things. Go through the process. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Maybe you're not in destiny. Maybe you haven't discovered purpose because you're so busy trying to take strides that you're skipping steps. Another step, another step is development. You may be called, you may be anointed, but Jesus said it this way. He said, though he may be an heir, when he's a child, he differs none from a bondservant. What does that mean? He's saying that if you have the kid of a king, when he's a child, Though he has a birthright, though he's royal, though the crown will belong to him as a child, as he's immature and under development, though he has the right to the crown, he has to grab the towel. He differs none from a servant because you have to develop to wear the crown. And when I say the crown, that's just symbolic for your calling, your assignment. You have to develop to wear it. So, 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 though he be the Lord of all. He differs none from a bondservant. Do you know Jesus, because he was God, he didn't get to skip pampers. He didn't get to skip diapers. He still had to use the bathroom. Do you know if he didn't eat, he got hungry? Because development, development. And God is saying, I'm sending you through seasons. I'm allowing you to work with hard people. I'm allowing you to fail because you have to develop. You need self-awareness. Some of you guys have no awareness. You talk too much and you have no idea. You, you don't listen to nobody. You have no idea. You have a bad heart. You have no idea. You're arrogant. You have no idea. You're, ti- you're timid. You have no idea. You're afraid. You have no idea. And God is saying, I have to develop you before I can trust you. I have to develop you. I'm telling you, when I was called to preach, I was excited. And I had a gift to preach. Then I got called to pastor. And I arrogantly thought I would be the best pastor in the world. I got this. I was ready. Until I was, I was like, wait, Jesus, you didn't tell me people would be crazy. You didn't, like, you left this out of the script. You should have said they are crazy. You didn't tell me they would be unsubmitted. You didn't tell me they would be lazy. You didn't tell me when I delegated. I'm sorry for blasting, y'all. They wouldn't do what I asked them to do. You didn't tell me that I can entrust something to somebody and they fail and it's on me. I didn't know that. Had I I known that, I probably wouldn't have came. And that's why God doesn't show you. That's why he gives it to you in steps. Because if he showed you the story, you would bag out. You would bag out. You wouldn't want it no more. So God said, Joseph, if you knew you had to go through the pit, if you knew you had to go through the prison, you would have said, forget that palace. If Moses knew that he had to go through the Red Sea in the wilderness, he would have stayed at Pharaoh's house. I'm telling you, if he, Jesus would have went to the disciples and said, follow me and you'll be crucified upside down, they would have kept fishing. I ain't following you. David, I'm calling you to kill Goliath. All right, God. And then now he's getting abused by Saul. He's like, I should have stayed in the field. At least the sheep like me out there. Man. 
understand. You had no idea the torturing and the suffering and the crushing and the breaking. But God says, I'm developing you. I'm developing you. Some of you guys, and I know this is not a polite term, and I shouldn't say it in church, but I'm saying it anyway. Some of y'all are stupid. You're just too stupid for your calling right now. Pastor called me. Yes, the Lord. Don't read Proverbs. You'll be called a fool every second. Fool, 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 fool. I'm fool, fool, fool. You're a fool. You're a fool. You're a fool. You're a fool. God still loves you. You're beautiful on the inside, but you're dumb. Dude, I, forget I didn't know I was me. I didn't know I was dumb. I had no idea. I thought I was smart. Man, I'm telling you, I would go out of church and see pastors should do that, and he should do that, and he should do that. I became a pastor. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is my sorry for. Like, I'm sorry. I had no idea. I didn't know how to lead hundreds of people. I didn't know how to cast vision. I didn't know how to build structure and infrastructure. I feel like I just, within the last month, kind of got a gist of what it takes. And it took me every year. I will follow my faith. People always say the opposite of success is failure. No, failure is success. It is success. You got to fail. You got to fail. I remember when I first got in business, I got a 2000 shirt job. I was so excited. And I just, I didn't, we barely had any money. I had just enough money to do those 2000 shirts. Check my time. I had just enough money to do the 2000 shirts. So I go and I print 2,000 shirts and I spent all my money to buy them. I was excited. We printed the wrong color. The wrong color. This is a multi-thousand dollar job. We printed the wrong color. Hey, sir, uh, we have a little dilemma here, sir. Um, how you guys doing? Uh, you know, I just, you know, I know you guys like yellow, but red is just a really nice color. It's really in now. <laughs> you look cute in red. It makes you look 10 pounds slimmer. How do you feel about red? Nah, we got to have yellow. I'm like, yeah, we just did like 2,000 of them in red, though, you know. <laughs> okay, let me know when the yellow's done. Bro, we almost went out of business because I was so underdeveloped. So dumb, so arrogant, I didn't even check the color. That's why you can't have your destiny. That's why you can't be in charge. When I, first, when I started Radiant Church, I prayed for thousands. God said, you don't know how to lead hundreds. You have no idea. You don't know what it means to be a leader. You don't know what it is to systemize and structure and organize and build culture and morale and keep people motivated and build systems. And You have no idea. You have no idea. You don't know how to see something through. You don't know how to get something done quick and efficiently. You don't know how to proper train people, properly train people. You didn't know they need to be trained. And just now I began to realize what it actually takes. And that's why this off money is so, so huge for us because now I'm actually going to do what I should have did two years ago. But two years ago, I was too dumb to know it. So I had to sit and fail and suffer and fall on my face and come. And now I had to figure out that I can't cheat it. See, I always thought I could just cheat the process. If I could just inspire everybody, motivate everybody, if I could just quickly do this and quickly throw that together. And God said, the calling of God is not microwave, it's crockpot. It's slow. It's slow. I used to come to the church, hey, guys, next week we're going to fix this all. God said, you can't fix in a week a year problem. You can't fix in a week a year problem. But because you're young and dumb, you have no idea. I didn't even get to my message. <laughs> I'm going to share a thought, though, and then I'm going to get ready to close. I, I never got to my message. 
So I want to share this with you. I want to share this with you, and then we'll get ready to close. Keyboard player can come up. So, so you, you go, your steps are ordered by the Lord. So you're going through these different things. I mean, there's a book, it's called The 21 Tests of Destiny. It's a really good book. Um, but you go through these different phases, and you go through these different tests, and now you go through the development test. You got to sharpen your skills. Some of you guys, you're just not good enough. You don't have the, you don't have the leadership. You don't have the leadership. I had to learn something. It's a difference between knowing how to preach and knowing how to lead. Some of you guys may know how to sell, but do you know how to run a company? One of the best books I read was the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And what Michael Gerber said in the E-Myth, I'll share this. He said, most businesses fail. He said, the reason why they fail is because you have a guy, you have a guy who knows how to bake. And this guy can make the best fried chicken. You can't make fried chicken like this dude makes fried chicken. So this guy, he goes, he gets everyone, man, you got the best chicken. You should get a chicken business. And then what he realized is a chicken business is sales. It's marketing. It's team development. It's, it's product consumption. It's return on investments. There's so much. Do you know you really have just a little bit of time as a business owner to actually make chicken? And if you really want to run a business right, you can't make chicken no more. So this book just begins to teach you about what it actually takes. Just because you can make a chicken, just because you can bake chicken or fry chicken, I mean, you can have a chicken business because it has two words, chicken business. You're a master at chicken, but you're a failure at business. See, a church is an organism in the organization. When I started ministry, I was masterful at preaching. Organism, the ministry is going to be good. Radiant church service, we're going to have a good service. I don't care. We're going to get in worship. We're going we gonna, we gonna in. We're going to preach. We got heart and soul. We don't play about the things of God here. That's organism. What about organization? You want to get involved? How do you do that? Where's the signage for that? How, how do you go about doing that? We didn't have that in place. So you got to begin to develop. You got to develop. And the Lord showed me. He said, hey, when you develop, I got you. I got you. I got you. That's why there's always a delay between the anointing and the appointing. There's always a delay. God will anoint you but not appoint you. Because you get anointed so you can know, but then you got to develop so you can be appointed. David was anointed, but he had to go sit and serve and run and hide until he was appointed. What did God anoint you to do? Begin to develop. Give it your all. Begin to grow. Grow your skills, your ability, your ability to communicate, your ability to cast vision, your ability to build teams and recruit people and connect with people and market and strategize. And after you do that, and after you suffer and you're crushed and you start small, over time, God says, I will appoint you at the right time and I will call you and my and then he said God himself will make it happen you won't have to force it you don't need business cards you don't need I'll never make preaching business cards because my promotion comes from the Lord I don't need man to promote me I don't want man to promote me when God calls me nobody can stop it And man loves to see the final product, but the Bible says God loves to see the work begin. He loves it. And he said, though it tarry, wait on it. I'm telling you, I'm waiting on the Lord. 
I'm holding on to the promise. I'm staying steadfast. I'm not giving in and I'm not giving out. Lord, I am waiting on you. And with man, it may be impossible, but with God, it is possible. And when he gives you a word and a vision, you got to hang on to it. Because he gave, you an ima- he gave you an imagination. That's your vision. And the power of the imagination is only you can see it. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Though no one has saw it, you will see it. You will see that business. You will see that beauty salon. You will see that school. You will see that mentoring, mentoring program. You will see yourself helping and impacting the youth. You will see it. You will see yourself starting that consultant's firm and that credit repair business and that business, that financial management. You will see it. You wasn't called to be employed. You was called to be deployed. You was called. I'm telling you, your career is what you get paid to do. Your calling is what you were made to do. And if you don't know your purpose, you will abuse your life because where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And to abuse doesn't mean to harm something. It means to use something out of context. See, most men abuse women because they don't know the context of a woman. Most men abuse themselves because they don't know the context of their life. Most of us abuse their body because we don't know the context of our body. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. But he is the God of your purpose. He's invested in it. And don't be so worried about discovering who you are. That can be a hard find. Be invested in God revealing to you who you are. It's not your ability to find it. It's God's ability to reveal it.